1: Welcome to Healing with Dr. Daniels. It is August 11th, 2019, and today's show is Does your doctor really know what's in that bottle? Does he know what he's describing? Probably not. So, before we start, we're going to go check out uh, our Facebook people and say hello to Facebook. And hello, Facebook. Okay, so we are started. This is really an amazing uh, topic. And I didn't really... uh, I mean, it bothered me. And when I was practicing medicine, uh, it it really troubled me that I was writing a prescription and I did not know what the pharmacy was going to give this patient. And even if they did give him what was labeled as what I was writing, was that really what was in the bottle? And so as I was practicing medicine, I had an increasing awareness that what I thought the patient was getting was often not uh, what they were getting. So uh, this was, again, uh, brought to mind when I, uh, of course, as always, <laughs> saw the medical uh, alert, the medical alert sent to doctors saying, oops, <laughs> not what we thought. And so um, that's what we're going to talk about today is what's in that bottle, how do we know, do we know? And if we don't know, then why? Why don't we know? You know, how come? How come we don't know? So, as always, we check with the medical industrial complex for their uh, assessment of the situation. And the big thing here. Is that they basically sent documents and alert saying, "Hey, uh, we don't think that things are uh, as they were built." You know, we don't really, uh, we're not really sure that that uh, stuff was okay. And so here it is. This is uh, actually from January seventh. It says, tainted drugs, when medicine makes patients sicker. Again, <laughs> there's a propaganda slant to this, right? Which is, when medicine makes patients sicker, which is like, oh, only when the drugs are tainted do patients get sicker. Well, I mean, that's ridiculous, absurd, not true, right? Patients get sicker for lots of reasons. Maybe they didn't really need the surgery. Maybe they operated the wrong surgery on the wrong patient, or the right patient, but the wrong surgery. So there's a lot of things that happen in medicine that make people sicker. But with a headline like, Tainted Drugs, When Medicine Makes People Sicker, suggests that only when drugs are tainted. And then, of course, there's a suggestion that, well, drugs are not always tainted. But, so, uh, they say, they start with this, uh, you know, theatrical thing. So everything's the internet now, so it's got to grab people's attention. And so they can't afford to make this kind of dry academic stuff. So they put a little drama in it despite the jackhammer-like rhythm of a mechanical ventilator, uh, this one-year-old was not doing well. So, uh, this lady had dropped dose off her here. her one-year-old, uh, she was by his, bed, his hospital bed, and the doctor woke her up with some bad news. The common stool softener her son was given months earlier had been contaminated with a bacterium. Now, this stool softener for a one-year-old, I can tell you without a doubt, was recommended by the doctor. And The doctor thought the patient was getting stool softener, but he was also getting uh, a bacterial contaminant, which has made him sick and put him on a ventilator in a hospital. So here this goes, you get the uh, $50 or $100 office visit, doctor recommends something, unbeknownst to the doctor, that something has now created a $30,000 stream of medical revenue. Yeah, really impressive. (laughs) This business model, you cannot beat it. So now they're saying that this uh, bacteria was found in the boy's respiratory tract. Pause right now. So in other words, you can eat something with bacteria in it, and it can find its way into your respiratory tract. This, by the way, is a mode or method of contamination. They're trying to convince Americans that, oh no, what you're eating is not making you sick. Someone coughed on you and their droplets of moisture caused your infection no more than likely if you have a lung infection it happened the same way this kid got it which is you ate something that was contaminated so there's lots of little clues here about a lot of different things we're just going to focus on the doctor recommending something and the patient hmm, didn't get what the doctor thought the patient was getting okay and so the the mother said, something that was supposed to help him hurt him. I like this. She put it like super simple. So, something. How about someone? So the doctor recommending this, unknowingly, was the cause of this kid's pain, uh, misery. So if this kid had maybe got a spoonful of prunes or castor oil, instead of his mother taking him to the doctor for his constipation, he would not be in a ventilator. Just saying. Okay, so since the start of 2013, pharmaceutical companies based in the United States, or abroad, have recalled 8,000 medicines. Recalling 8,000 medicines in seven years. Since so 2013, minus 19 is six, plus one, because you're counting both endpoints, uh, is seven years. So, literally, more than 1,000 medicines per year are being recalled. Why are they being recalled? Uh, we're going to find out. Comprising billions of tablets, bottles, and vials that have entered the U.S. drug supply and made their way to patients' medicine cabinets, hospital supply closets, and IV drips. All right? Now, these are just the defective drugs that were detected In other words, a lot of drugs are defective, are absolutely unsafe, but uh, for some reason are not recalled, or... So these are just the ones that were detected. It's like shoplifting in a store. They don't catch every single shoplifter. In fact, they probably don't catch most of them. So, the recall, and they say this is the medical industrial complex, the recalls represent a fraction of the medicines, uh, okay, of the medicine shipped every year. But the flawed products contained everything from dangerous bacteria, tiny glass particles, to mold, or too much or too little of the drug's active ingredient. So, when the doctor writes you a prescription for five milligrams, There might not be 5 milligrams in that tablet. It might be 1 milligram. It might be 50 milligrams. No. So in the same period, 65 drug-making facilities recalled 300 products within 12 months of passing a Food and Drug Administration inspection. A Food and Drug Administration, that's FDA. So it was FDA inspected a drug-making plant. It passed inspection. And then within 12 months in about 300 or 65 plants and 300 products I said oops our facility's process of making drugs was not accurate adequate or reliable we have to recall those drugs right so the FDA inspection of a plant does not assure that what that plant is producing is okay And as was the case with the stool softener that put this poor little one-year-old on a ventilator. So those recalls included more than 39,000 bottles of the AIDS drug, a tripla, laced with red silicone rubber particles, or particulates. Now, red silicone rubber particulates might not be a big deal for a healthy person, but you've got someone with AIDS and they're compromised, Throwing some red silicone rubber particulates into the, into the mix might be a problem. 37,000 Abilify, uh, read psychiatric drug, tablets that were super potent. In other words, they had more Abilify in them than what the doctor prescribed, more Abilify in them than what was on the label. And nearly 12,000 boxes of generic Aleve, that's naproxen, that were actually ibuprofen, according to the recall data. Now, this, this may seem like a minor problem. I don't know how, how you're thinking about this. But literally, there are people who are allergic to ibuprofen, but naproxen is okay, or vice versa. And so to have a bottle full of one thing, and actually the other thing is in it, is a problem. So you have a bottle that's labeled as naproxen, when it's actually ibuprofen. And so when your doctor writes a prescription for you, or you even reach for a pharmaceutical product on the shelf, you don't know what's in that bottle. <laughs> Just don't know. Like, you don't own the factory, you weren't there, you didn't do the quality control testing, and you don't know if it was done in each batch. So there's a lot, there's a lot of uncertainty and when your an doctor who writes a prescription, he really has little basis for knowing what's in that bottle. And so um, the medicine led to a sickened uh, Anderson Marino, seriously infected at least 63 other people in 12 states, according to reports by the FDA and the CDC. The drug was made at a plant in Florida and that same plant passed an FDA inspection even while it was making bacteria-laced products. So as the contaminated products were going along the assembly line, being bottled up, the FDA came along and inspected and said everything looks good here. So like other FDA commissioners' reforms, Scott Gottlieb has called his agency's drug oversight program the gold standard for safety and effectiveness. And that basically lets you know that safety and effectiveness, their definition is not that strict. But industry consultant John Blah, 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 who has trained FDA inspectors, questions how effective the FDA's drug plan inspections actually are. It's so easy for FDA inspectors to miss things because they're working with confusing regulatory terms and standards that often are decades out of date. So just how often people are sickened or die from tainted drugs is next to impossible to determine. They we're not really measuring that. Not really checking. We just don't know. I don't want to say don't care, but they don't know. <laughs> Sudden, seemingly random illnesses in disparate places are notoriously hard to link to a tainted drug. That's in part because drug makers don't have to divulge, it means reveal, which products are made in which manufacturing plants, since that is regarded as proprietary information. That's like industry secret. (laughs) (laughs) Patient says you should confer, she said, adding that the analysis indicates our drug quality is probably not what we think it is and calling it a scary reality. And this is the situation. You have the drug, the doctor prescribing the drug on faith. I mean total faith. Because the doctor hasn't seen any of the quality control testing for the drug he's prescribing. Um, He has not even usually even seen the pill. He has not um, seen an audit of the ingredients. And often And the doctor's instruction and his training and top of mind is the active ingredients. Whoa, 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 what about all the inactive ingredients? And many people who take supplements, for example, are very aware that they don't want all these colorings, all these binders, all these uh, excipients and preservatives and chemicals in their supplements. What they don't know is those same things they're trying to avoid in their supplements are actually in their pharmaceutical drugs. And this is why when I make vitality capsules, we don't have any binders, additives, preservatives, or excipients. Only thing in that capsule is herbs. And since each one is individually tested, I know what's in that capsule. Now, as a medical doctor, when I was in training, I was literally distressed, absolutely troubled. Because when I wrote a prescription, the chances of the patient getting what I wrote was not great i would literally get a call from the pharmacy can we substitute this generic now this generic meant i still didn't know which company did generic come from did they do any quality testing did i as a doctor see the quality testing oh, of course not and even for the brand name i didn't see the quality the quality assurance testing i had no way of knowing or understanding what was in that bottle and really no basis of even, even believing that what I thought was in the bottle was in the bottle. So your doctor has no proof, no evidence that what he's writing for, what he's prescribing is actually what's in the bottle, number one. Number two, he's not told about the colorings, excipients, binders, and other additives. And number three, often in most states now, the pharmacist has the authority to substitute. And number four, Any of those manufacturing plants could, A, have no quality assurance in place, B, have a lapse in quality assurance. And you have either contamination or, as this article said, too much, too little of the active ingredient, and literally your doctor does not know what's in that needle, no matter what needle, whether it's a vaccine, a pain shot, a steroid injection. He has no clue. He can read the package, which gives him a hint, which may or may not reflect what's in the bottle. So this is pretty troubling. And this is what got me more into natural stuff. I could tell the person, get some garlic and boil it up, and we both know there's garlic in that jar, that that's what's in there. It's garlic. Why? Because the patient went and got garlic, identified it as garlic, and uh, mashed it, boiled it, whatever the instructions were. So this is a compelling reason to use natural healing where you start with the identifiable ingredient and take it from there but your doctor has no clue none whatever so let's take another uh case world health organization plays down the risk to indian children from tainted polio vaccine so that's a vaccine that's almost irrelevant the point is it's something it's in the needle and it's tainted. Again, the people receiving it did not know it was in it. The doctor prescribing it did not know it was in it. And this is no different in India than it is in the United States. The doctor prescribing that needle, that shot, whatever it is, does not know what's in that shot. And whether it's a vaccine, whether it's an injectable antibiotic, whether it's an injectable pain medicine, does not matter. Your doctor actually is literally going unfaith. He has no documentation, no knowledge if there was any documentation, no knowledge if there any testing was done or if anybody knows what's in that bottle <laughs> or that needle. None. So this is in Mumbai, which is India. World Health Organization have mandated there's a minimal risk of children contracting the polio virus in India from a tainted batch of vaccines. This is another cover story for a, another deception. So the risk of children contracting polio virus from vaccines. And they say the batch was tainted. But we know from studies done in the United States and otherwise that the only way to get polio is from the vaccine. So the fact that the vaccine has to be tainted is not true. But again, still most doctors do not know what's in that needle. They don't know that um, people get polio exclusively from the vaccine.
0: Me. Take
1: away my name. Beware, your me. Hi this is Dr. Daniels and welcome back to here with Dr. Daniels and here we are talking about what is in that bill. What is in that shot and does your doctor really know? <laughs> so let's see what we got here. This is Mumbai, we got the flu the I'm sorry, polio vaccine. And by golly, the kids are getting polio. Now, they're typically a contained polio (laughs) vaccine, but the point is this. Even in the United States, uh, kids get polio from the vaccine. And so what you've got to do is realize that the drugs your doctor is prescribing are not what he thinks they are. And he has no way of knowing even what they are. Then we have, (laughs) this is even worse, Ticagrelor, Brianta. uh, Professional samples are recalled. So literally, the drug companies give your doctor free samples to hand out to you. And when your doctor hands out these free samples, you're like, oh my God, this is just wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But uh, the drugs are tainted. And he doesn't know. He has no idea. No idea. And uh, this is ticagrelor, which is Brillianta, which is uh, basically a blood thinner. And um, your doctor, uh, this, in this case, doctor receives these samples from drug companies and they just pass them out like candy. Patients are happy, everyone's grateful. But in this case, the samples are tainted, And uh, they end up being recalled and they're basically not safe for ingestion. And this is a real problem. Again, the real solution is to... Uh, do it yourself. When I say do it yourself, I mean to use natural remedies where you start with ingredients that you can identify. What else do we have? Medtronic recalls 13,000 case pacemakers for possible circuit error. So this is a huge issue, right? Because you have your primary care doctor who referred you to the cardiologist, thinking the cardiologist is going to do something helpful. The cardiologist referred you to the cardiotechnician who inserted what he believed to be a functioning, fully functioning pacemaker, only to find, oops, it was not. So you have an industry built on implementers, that would be doctors and technicians, working with materials about which they have no assurance, about which they have nothing but faith. So it was totally based on faith. And unfounded faith, that these technicians and cardiologists were inserting these faith makers. And equally, when your doctor writes a prescription, it is friggin' based on faith. I mean, faith. And uh, this means, then, that what you're actually receiving, really nobody knows. And so a lot of people will say, well, you know, I'm not saying anyone should use street drugs, but I don't use street drugs because you just don't know what you're getting. You don't know the concentration. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. But we're now finding out that, oops, with prescription drugs, you don't know. You don't know what's in that pill. You don't know what's in that bottle. You don't know if that label corresponds to what's in the bottle. You just don't know. And the FDA is as pacemakers classified the recall as class one, the most serious type the recall affects 13,440 devices in the United States. Distributed between March 2017 and January 27, 2019. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It took them a year and a half. From the time the first pace, bad pacemaker was inserted, it took them a year and a half to figure out that there is a problem. That's a pretty lax situation. It is a pretty lax situation. So the root cause of the issue was related to a design change in integrated circuit and a subset of devices that were distributed in that interval. And this is this is this is really the reality. Recall of hypertension medications contain wrong drugs. Recall of hypertension meds so, this contains the wrong drug. Doctor wrote for this. Patient got a capsule, labeled this, and really it was that. So, Cord Healthcare has is issued a recall for blood pressure medication because the bottles that were shipped actually contain a heart failure drug, according to a notice in the US Food and Drug Administration. So, what was on the label was not what was in the drug. Now, a lot of you are concerned about vitality capsules being out of stock and not available, but the reason is we actually do testing on each and every ingredient. I personally receive the test results. That verifies that what I ordered was what was shipped to the manufacturer. And we actually do even other tests on the final product to make sure everything that's supposed to be in the product is in the product in the amounts specified. So, and our batches are pretty small. We're not doing million, dollar, million bottle batches. But... Uh, So my chat room said, it can't be that expensive to test a batch. No, it's not. So as a fraction of the total cost, after you reach a certain volume of bottles, testing is trivial. Cost is what do you do when testing shows that the batch is no good. That's where the cost is. That's the cost. So if you're doing this huge batch of, let's say, uh, half a million bottles, you do a batch test, and it shows the batch is no good. You have to throw away half a million bottles. So with the testing process then, what you need is every 1,000 bottles or 2,000 bottles, whatever number of bottles you can afford to throw away, you need to test that, that interval between bottles, whether it's every 100 bottles, every 500 bottles, every 1,000 bottles, every 10,000 bottles, every 100,000 bottles, whatever number of bottles you're ready to throw away, you set your interval testing at that interval. So as soon as you find a bad test, you've got to throw away that bottle and every bottle from that bottle to the next test before it that was okay. So in other words, you're going to throw away 500 bottles, then stop production, fix the problem, whatever it is, and resume production. That's where the cost is. And that is a huge, huge, huge money uh, loss potential. And so the testing's not the problem. <laughs> the testing is, 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 especially when you're working on multi-million dollar scale, like the drug companies are, testing is not the problem. The problem is when the test shows no good, what do you do with the batch? How, uh, you, you've lost all of this stuff you've got to throw it away. Even in my business, I test each individual ingredient before it even goes into the capsule, because once it goes into the capsule and you've made all these bottles, now you've got to throw all these bottles away. And we've done that. We have done that. Believe me, it hurts. So now we test every single ingredient before it goes into the bottles or into the capsules, and that does cause delays in the production process, but the issue is not with the testing so much, is then you have to have the courage and integrity to act on the testing, and if you don't have that integrity, then you've got to worry about the cover-up, how can we pretend we didn't get the test, how do we uh, pretend the test didn't show us that it was defective or we didn't know it was defective, so there's all kinds of other things that happen when you test, so test is not the problem. The problem is, what do you do when the test shows it's not the quality? So taking spironolactone instead of hydrochlorothiazide could cause potassium levels to spike, exactly, which could cause death, yes. So you have one drug that lowers potassium, and the doctor's probably giving a potassium supplement to keep the potassium normal. You have another drug that raises potassium, and if you take the drug that raises potassium and you're adding potassium to it, your potassium rate rises to a deadly level and people die. So this is a huge, huge issue. The spiral is used to treat heart failure, liver cirrhosis, severe heart failure, and other conditions. And so we have here a you know a substantially a substantial issue. <laughs> so the Food and Drug Administration now says cancer causing material may have been present in the high blood pressure medicines for years, for years. <laughs> like, where is the FDA in all this? You know what I mean? <laughs> so again, your doctor does not know what's in that bottle. He honestly has no friggin' clue. He doesn't know. The FDA doesn't know, and the manufacturer may not know. So there's a high degree of uncertainty as to what's in that bottle. And the Journal of the American Medical Association has admitted, in one of its studies, that at least, this is at least, it's a low estimate, 107,000 Americans every year die from properly prescribed, doctor didn't make a mistake, he did the right thing, from properly prescribed medications. And the thing is, even if the doctor wrote the right drug, the right concentration, the right amount, the right frequency, if he doesn't know what's in the bottle, and what he thinks is in the bottle is not what's in the bottle, then his accuracy, his education, does not matter, and the patient's just as dead. So you have then is a situation where the doctor does not know what's in the bottle, uh, has no control over what's in the bottle, and even if the doctor suspected there was something wrong, like maybe he has a drug and he prescribed it on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and on Thursday he starts getting phone calls from the guys on Monday saying, "Oh, I don't, I don't feel good." He might say, oh, I think that drug I prescribed is a problem. I'm going to stop prescribing it. No, 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 no. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Standard of care, doc, you got to keep prescribing that drug. Until, until there's a proven issue or you're authorized to stop prescribing it or, or blah, blah, blah. So doctors, because now they're part of huge organizations, because there's a tremendous amount of uh, licensure and uh, medical records are electronic and any deviation from the standard of care can be quickly picked up like that. Uh, the doctor doesn't have the flexibility to act on his integrity and say, whoa, I prescribed that drug at 10 a.m., that patient called me at 2 a.m. saying they're about to die, or they think they're going to die, I better stop using that drug. No, 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 mm Nope, 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 not, nope, 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 not, not allowed, not allowed. <laughs> I was in private practice in the 90s, and so when that happened to me, that drug was off the list. I did not prescribe it. But again, I was in a private practice situation, medical records were not uh, electronic, and it took a while for even the drug rep to realize that I was not prescribing a drug. And he came back and said, hey, you're not prescribing my drug. What's up? I said, hey, I'm not getting those midnight phone calls. <laughs> you know, you you prescribe a drug. You get the midnight phone calls. Uh, and so, of course, he tried to talk me into believing that it wasn't really a drug, but guess what? I stopped his drug and no more of these midnight phone calls from people who think they're going to die. But uh, to say that now cancer-causing chemicals have been in blood pressure, hypertensive medicines for years, it kind of helps you understand why folks with hypertension are more inclined to get cancer. <sighs> hmm. And again, it's because the doctor didn't know it's in the capsule. It's not like the doctors hate their patients and are trying to kill them. Uh, I don't think that's the case. And then we have a multiple sclerosis drug that a and uh it's causing twelve reports of serious inflammatory brain disorders worldwide, including meningitis. Three of the cases were fatal In other words people died these were see they have all these euphemisms for dead death killing, done, and so it kind of moves the killing thing. It makes it a little less personal. But when you say to the doctor, you mean you murdered this person. You're a mass murderer. They're like, oh no, you're misunderstanding. <laughs> so, uh, the European Medicine Agency in March 2018 recalled this drug. Now, this a particular drug, multiple sclerosis, suppresses the immune system. So, of course, it would make sense that it causes inflammation in the brain and, of course, death. And on March 2nd, uh, the company voluntarily pulled Mab off the market worldwide because of mounting concerns about safety, including reports of severe liver damage and immune related conditions. And what do you expect from an immune suppressor? I mean, duh. <laughs> So, again, your doctor has no clue what's in that pill, what's in that bottle, and what does it really do. And birth control pills, recall, due to packaging error. Yep, packaging error. So, if you take pills, you know you take the stuff with the hormones, then you take the placebo pills and have your period, then you go back on the stuff with the hormones. That's the way it's supposed to be. But this particular company packaged some placebo pills in with the real Hormone pills, causing, of course, you guessed it, lower hormone levels and failure, call it pregnancies. And so, this is a big uh, drug house. I don't even need to name names. That's not the point. The point is, it could happen with any pharmaceutical company at any time. And your doctor does not know if it's happening, when it's happening, or again, what's in that pill that you're receiving. Yeah. Okay, so we have here a capsule that's supposed to have Clopidogrel in it, and this is supposed to prevent heart attack or stroke by, again, thinning blood or, co- or getting rid of blood clots. But what was really in the capsule? What was really in capsule was a cholesterol-lowering medication. How could the doctor have known? <laughs> and so this is this is the deal. You can call on the question. Did, did the doctor prescribe the right thing? Uh, was the medicine necessary? That's one per, point of uncertainty. But then when you compound that with whatever the doctor wrote for, it's probably not what you're getting anyway. <sighs> uh, that's a real mind-bender. So then you would have to ask yourself, does the doctor's umpteen years of training really matter if what he's writing is not what you're getting anyway? And then that's compounded with, it's umpteen years of training, half of everything he learns is false. Well, half of everything he learns is false, another half becomes false every four to six years, and what he's writing for is not what you're getting anyway. This more than explains the mechanism whereby medical care is the third leading cause of death in the United States. I mean, as they say, uh, look no further. So what's a person to do? (laughs) Well, what a person is to do is to, you know, you've got to, uh, as much as possible, resort to healing yourself with identifiable materials. In other words, uh, ginger, garlic. I do mean ginger, like go to the grocery store and buy ginger. I do mean garlic, like go to the grocery store and buy garlic, because that white powder oh, well, we don't know, maybe. So you really have to uh, return to compounding your own healing agents such as they are. Even cayenne pepper, for example. Get the pepper. If you're using a powder, taste it. Make sure it tastes like what it is. And this was something that was very much a shock to me when I started getting involved in natural healing in the 90s because I asked this question. I, you know, had come out of the medical school experience where I was led erroneously to believe that everything in those bottles was being tested. When well, of course it wasn't. So I said, uh, when it came to the herbal side, well, how do you know? How do you know the herb is what it is? And the answer is, you have to look at it, smell it, and test it, and taste it. And if it looks, smells, and tastes like what it's supposed to, then you've got what it is you think that you've got. Now, obviously, the easiest place to start from is the whole herb, like the garlic clove as opposed to the garlic powder. And so, uh, at first, I was a little suspicious about this, like, mm. And then when I found that the person's, the human sense of smell is as sensitive or more so than the most sensitive uh, chemistry isolation identification materials, I said, oh, okay, so smell is really A big deal. And then um, I started using that. I started um, tasting, smelling, and looking at the different herbs as I would buy them. And it was amazing. It was great. It was wonderful. So that really is the the answer. And with Vitality Capsules, we test each and every ingredient. And um, it causes a delay because we... uh, identify a supplier. We have them send a sample to our testing lab. We put a deposit with that particular supplier saying, this is our deposit. If we decide to buy your stuff, then we want you to put this deposit towards our purchase. And so then, you know, you have two days of postage to get to the lab. Lab has to do its testing. And then, of course, thank God, the report is sent by email. So it takes pretty close to a week for the whole process. And then for any particular ingredient, you have, like, three suppliers, right? Because if you just do one supplier, if it doesn't check out, all right, now we're a whole week behind, a whole week behind, a whole week behind, and you've got seven to nine ingredients to consider. So you can see you've already expanded or elongated the process. Above and beyond this, sometimes uh, certain herbs are seasonal. So uh, depending on which time of year we need to restock, like, oh, that particular herb is Worldwide, not available. And so these are inconveniences and delays that happen when you're dealing with a natural product. Um, it's like I went to my um, grocer butcher and said, hey, I need a uh, bull testicle. He says, we only kill one cow a week. <laughs> so literally, you only get, not cow, but bull. They literally get two testicles a week. That's it. And so I have to literally be in line to get my two bull testicles. And they don't kill the bull. They, they uh, neuter the bull or, or uh, castrate the bull. And that makes it a steer. So they only castrate so many steers a week. And it's particular, it's a little store in a little town. They only get, you know, two bull balls a week. But that's when you know you're working with a natural material and a natural substance. But the go the 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 truth of what to do is you just have to bite the bullet and um not go to doctors <laughs> or if you do go don't accept the prescription for guys for God's sakes. So that is that is the problem. The problem is that you have to You have to take the responsibility. Well, first of all, you have to acknowledge the hazard, acknowledge that truly uh, what the doctor writes is totally unreliable, even if if it was accurate. Again, 50% chance it's not accurate, right, that what he recommended is absolutely not what you need, and what he thinks you have is not what you have. 50% chance, right, because 50% chance that everything you learned in medical school is wrong. So assuming that what he's telling you, he learned it yesterday, we know 50% chance it is wrong. Now we have another percentage chance, unknown percentage, we don't know, that what he's recommending is not even what you're going to get. So those two degrees of uncertainty, the chances of you benefiting from anything he recommends is pretty darn slender. And so that's why I have a program where I actually teach people how to heal themselves naturally so you don't have to worry about making that deadly phone call or scheduling a deadly appointment or worse, even keeping it. And you can heal yourself at home naturally with materials that you can identify and you can be comfortable and confident that what you are getting is what you think you're getting because you checked and you can trust you. Yes, very very important. I just want to make a couple of vitality capsules. Vitality capsules are back in stock. Yay! They're back in stock and they are shipping. So they start shipping Thursday. They should last should be shipped by Monday. So you should have uh, tracking numbers, everything by Tuesday. And those of you who ordered, your bonuses should be arriving. They should be uh, in your email by Monday or Tuesday. Also, we're having a customer appreciation webinar. Yay! Advanced uses for Vitality capsules and is going to send you a notice of that as well. <laughs> so, that is that. People have asked about Shilajit. This is my Shilajit container that I'm using right now. Do, 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 do. And this is Mumio. You have to go to eBay to get this, okay? eBay, it is Mumio. Mumio. Let's see if you can see that. Yeah, it's written in, in Russian. Yeah, yeah. I bothered me too. I couldn't type that in. So you type in shilajit when you get to eBay. This is from the Russian Federation, and the Russian Federation is very fussy about their shilajit. The government says the reputation of our country is on the line here, so we will not allow just anyone to call just anything shilajit. This is Juliet. This is a little bit more than I usually take, but I didn't take any yesterday, so we're going to go with it. All right. So that's it. Unfortunately, your doctor does not know what's in that needle, and he does not know what's in that pill. Now, a lot of people, uh, immunizations is a touch topic. A lot of people hate it, like it, whatever the matter. But the point is, your doctor does not know what's in that shot, does not know what's in that needle. And it might not even be an immunization in that needle. The doctor does not know. Okay. We are ready. <laughs> oh, this is a good question. Uh, Elshima says, who is responsible for paying for the testing? The buyer. So the buyer has, in my case, I'm the buyer, I pay for the testing before it is even shipped. Is it the seller of the product or the buyer? Okay, got that. And who eats the loss but the batch fails the testing? Nobody. So if I order something uh, and it's not identifiably what I wanted, I don't buy it. And that seller can sell it to somebody else who's not doing testing. And that's not my business. So when you test at the product acquisition stage, the downside is minimal. In other words, you don't have to throw a batch away. But if it's not, if it doesn't pass muster, you're throwing away the cost of testing. And if you have to test 10 or 20 batches or suppliers to find one that tests out to be what it says it is, that's an expensive process. And for one of our ingredients, we actually had to do that. We literally went through testing about easily 10 batches. Hey, we are going to commercial. And we will be
4: Up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield Tactical Bipods. AirOutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited. So take a breath, head to AirOutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at aroutfitting.com.
5: It's happening, ladies and gentlemen. We here at RBN are working with Front Sight Firearms Training Institute to bring our audience the best in combat, tactical, and defensive firearms training. Whether you're a private citizen who is new to firearms, or you have a concealed weapon permit, and when a level of trading that surpasses what you've received from your local gun range. Front Sight provides priceless education and skills taught by seasoned law enforcement, military, and private citizen instructors to levels that far exceed law enforcement and military standard. With nearly a million responsible citizens trained from every town, city, and state from across the United States, Front Sight has bolstered the patriot movement to a whole new level. Contact Dan Sutterfield by phone at 573 76 Two two three five six or five seven three four six five two three five six or shoot them an email at Dome Dan, D O M E D A N, at hotmail.com. This is a limited time opportunity. Don't miss it.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Daniels, and welcome back to Healing with Dr. Daniels. And we are answering some questions. And we have one from Victoria Better. She says, good morning, Dr. Daniels. Is it possible to treat Lyme disease, bacterial infection in the late stages, which is chronic? What should one do to relieve the symptoms and treat Lyme disease? What treatment should should a person with Lyme disease avoid by the medical industrial complex? Thank you. So Lyme disease is, there is uh, no evidence of anything that you're saying, so I would say, listen to my recordings, I've done a lot of them, on Lyme disease. And uh, you can find them in the archives at vitalitycapsules.com forward slash truth dash files. Yep. Start right there. Iris. <laughs> Iris says, Dr. what is your opinion of a product called... Transdermal Human Growth Hormone Gel by a company called New You Life. Uh, what are you trying to accomplish with this gel? There's the question. Mm. <laughs> Willie Charles, what, what is the best herb for cancer? There's no herb for cancer. The best thing for cancer is figure out if what you have is really cancer. Chances are it's not. Mm. Tammy says, I believe limoquin taken years ago has caused a hernia in my upper left abdomen. Absolutely. Just below the center left rib cage. Very painful when pops out. Been tender to week now. What can I do? Uh, Again, connective tissue is your friend. (laughs) Murray Koch says, Metformin, which is a uh, diabetes medicine. Doxycycline, which is an antibiotic. So metformin is a failed diabetes medicine, that no, doesn't work, and it clogs up and blocks the liver. Doxycycline is an antibiotic that causes suicidal ideation. And a statin drug that totally compromises the immune system by interfering with cholesterol metabolism. And mebendazole, a pinworm medication. This combination is being talked about for cancer. I say you need to go to church, pay 50 cents, and light a candle and forget about that combination. I think the lighting the candle will be much more beneficial. Mary Lou says, male hormone replacement. Mary Lou, you don't need male hormone replacement. Let's say some guy in your life could use some male hormone replacement. (laughs) You can just cut to the chase and buy him some bull testicles. Boil them up and uh, make a soup and there you go. Male hormone replacement instant, instant. Cheryl says, Good morning, Dr. Dennis. Thank you so much for another wonderful, informative, from the heart, and, th- and truthful Think Happens show. You are welcome. Now, I want to answer these couple of questions here people have really uh, very good questions. Um... So Marie Kahn says batch testing cannot be hard. It is not hard. The hard part is throwing away the batch when you find out it's bad. And so that's why many companies just like, you know what, we're not going to test because we don't want to throw away the stuff. All right, we're back.
6: People write us about their experience with Extendivite. Allow me to read you some from Amazon.com. It really does work like the review says it does. I cannot believe that after the first few days, I didn't feel as sluggish or clogged up. It has had a profound impact on my physical, emotional well-being. I'm skeptical as most people about products and their claims, and I never write reviews. But this is a wonderful product, and I recommend it to everyone. Great product. It has brought my blood pressure from the mid-150s over the 80s to the mid-130s over mid-80s, along with diet and exercise in just the past couple of months. Excellent. Thank you, David. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. Call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life
3: with Extendivite.